Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Dave and Jacqueline bring you up close and personal to the innovators, creative minds, and contributors in and around technology, STEM education, and STEM-related career fields of the future. Visit our website at www.technologyexpresso.com.net and .org. There you will find our broadcasts with guests from all across the technology spectrum, our social media handles, and related content. So sit back with Dave and Jacqueline as they serve up Technology Espresso fast, hot, and intense. Hello and good afternoon to all of our Technology Expresso listeners. It's time for another STEM information podcast where we're talking about everything related to science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. This episode is a live episode, and we have a special guest for you. I am so looking forward to hearing about the, the journey and the success and all of the nuggets of information that Lakeisha Tomlin is going to bring us today. So, hello, Lakeisha. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me today. How are you? I am awesome, and and I know you are as well. Um, and wow. I'm so happy. You know, I love to share with our audience. You and I were just talking a little bit uh, before this episode kicked off and how this is uh, just a conversation, and I feel like it allows our many listeners to kind of eavesdrop on our conversation. So I'm looking forward to (laughs) our our dialogue here and learning about you, your journey, um, and then you sharing with our audience all of the the gifts that you have for them. And being the generous person you are, you have lined up a very special gift gift for our listeners. So we want to, first of all, thank you uh, on behalf of Technology Expresso and our guests. So first of all, tell us about Lakeisha Tomlin. <laughs> okay, so um, so right now um, I'm currently uh, working in the aerospace industry. Um, I'm a manager, so I lead a large team of engineers, inspectors, and then some support personnel. Uh, so these days that keeps me pretty busy. Um, but outside of that, I'm able to find time to travel. Um, I, I love travel. I I go. Um, I try to go someplace every month. Uh, my budget doesn't always allow me to, but um, I've uh, I've been to the uh, the East Coast a lot. So just this um, past weekend, I was in North Carolina and South Carolina. Um, came back to California uh, on Sunday. So uh, so that's really exciting. Just meeting up with friends and uh, taking a ton of photos. I'm really into photography as well. Um, so that so those are uh, some of my hobbies um, outside of work uh, that kind of keep me busy. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, you know what? That that's just part of the story. I want to take you back a little bit, and even <laughs> you know, you said you're in the aerospace 
uh, area, and we're going to dive into that a little bit deeper a little later. But first, take us back to little Lakeisha and what even got you interested in this area? Were you always interested? Uh, how, did, is this something that evolved? What was that? What was that spark? Oh wow! Okay, so little Lakeisha, it's funny that you say that. Um, I was I just moved recently uh, to a new place, and I was going through a bunch of uh, these old drawings. I used to draw a lot when I was a kid. And in the seventh grade, I, um, I created this uh, two-point perspective drawing, and it was a building, and it said, Lakeisha C. Tomlin and Associates Civil Engineering. Wow. Uh, so, I, I mean, that just really, uh, like, it just took me back for a minute, and I, I didn't realize that my interest in STEM went back that far. Um, I was thinking that maybe I got interested around ninth grade or so uh, because at some point I wanted to be an architect. Um, I love architecture. Um, I love the history behind it. Um, and at one point I wanted to design bridges. Um, so uh, my my interest um, in engineering or in STEM um, went back further than I realized, but I really started to become more interested uh, and pursue the field uh, when I was in high school. Um, I did an internship uh, at the St. Louis Metropolitan uh, Sewer District um, in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, where I'm from, and one of my mentors, Ron, uh, he introduced me to NESBE, uh, the National Society of Black Engineers. So, um, I learned about, you know, the organization. They meet every month um, on a Saturday, and then it was just really cool because there were all of these, um, you know, black engineers, um, you know, working in various industries. Um, there are some people um, working um, at, at MSD, um, at Boeing, um, at Ameren, at Anheuser-Busch. So it was just really cool to see those examples and, um, there were all of these, like, projects that we uh, had to complete, uh, and some of them related to, like, robotics. Uh, some of them were related around uh, bridge, or bridge building, uh, so civil engineering, just all types of uh, disciplines, and I just thought that was so cool. Um, and when I graduated from high school uh, and I went to college, uh, I came back to Nesby to the junior chapter, and I volunteered for many, many years. Um, teaching, you know, some of the courses in math and physics. Oh, amazing, amazing. Now, let me let me dive a little bit into um, when you found your interest and you even talked about your mentor um, and, and talk about maybe even at, when did you first get a, a mentor and that, that interest but then that exposure through Nesby, but was there ever an awareness that you being a female, I don't know if you had other female friends, were they interested in the same things as you? And did that ever, (laughs) for a minute, kind of deter you? Because I know sometimes we're we're having that issue with a lot of young women that Mm -hmm. there's a stigma about women in this area. So what was your kind of awareness and experience? Oh, wow. Uh, So... Uh, when I was coming along, um, and, you know, still now, you know, there there wasn't that many people talking about STEM fields. Um, I didn't really see um, any women, uh, you know, 
in engineering. Um, I will say when I was uh, interning at MSD, I did meet one woman um, who was an engineer, and I shadowed her for about a week or two just learning more about what she did. Um, I thought that was, you know, fascinating um, what what she did um, at MSD. And and I can say that, I mean, there, there weren't a lot of uh, girls my age at the time interested in engineering. I mean, I'd always been, you know, pretty good at math. Um, I remember uh, tutoring some of my friends in mathematics. Um, to this day, people still know me as, you know, the person that was good with math. Uh, so that's kind of uh, so it's kind of fun. But um, I've always been kind of, uh, I guess, stubborn in a sense, very determined, uh, and the type of person where once I make my mind up on something, there's no holding me back. I, I put everything into pursuing it, and that's exactly how I was when it came to engineering. Once, you know, I got that exposure through MSD, through NSD, uh, from mentors, um, and just learned that, you know, the possibilities are essentially endless when you have a STEM degree. Um, I've, I've met people that have um, jumped out of engineering into, say, business and finance, and they're, you know, doing amazing because of the background that they've had in STEM. So uh, so once I realized all of those things, um, I'd say from high school to my college years, um, th- there was no turning back for me. Um, it was just something I pursued full steam ahead. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And and, and, and it's just a, a type of uh, determination. Um, I, I, I like that. I like that. And, but some <laughs> young women don't have that confidence at uh, a, a young age. Um, and so were there people around you? Were there any special teachers? Was it uh, even from your parents' or perspectives? Who who were some of the people that, when you look back, helped you to make to, – to, be able to be that confident. Wow. Um, I definitely say outside of my mentor that Nesby, uh, my mom is number one. Like she, um, she had my, uh, she had me at a really young age um, at 16 and then my brother at 17 and then my sister um, at around 25. So being a young parent, I mean, you know, and having to provide for, you know, these little ones, uh, you have to, you know, essentially be resilient. You have to do, you know, what you need to do in order to make sure that your kids are taken care of. So I saw that example in my mom, like that resilience, that persistence. Um, and, and it was, and then also being the oldest, you know, having to help out a bit and being the example. I think all of those things uh, shaped me into the person that I am today. Um, and and even, you know, to this day, you know, many years later, I still tell my mom, like, how, you know, much she's inspired me and, you know, how how I'm thankful for, my gosh, I'm, my eyes are watering. This is crazy. <laughs> but, uh, like, how how thankful I am, you know, for her example and just the fact that she, you know, always um, instilled in us, you know, the importance of education. Um, the importance to, you know, always be better, to do better, and, you know, not make the same mistakes that she did. Um, and and last year, she actually graduated with her master's degree. So I flew from wow. California to St. Louis to see her walk across Aww. the state. It was just incredible. Oh, my God. I, I, wow. <laughs> my, my eyes are watering. <laughs> I that, that, but you know what? That is beautiful. That is so powerful. And kudos to your mom on so many levels. 
Um, but like you said, seeing her resilience raising you and your siblings, that it all the way mm-hmm. up to today. So um, a much yeah. Much deserved tribute to your to your mother, even post Mother's Day. But um, you know that you know, and I think people don't realize is sharing their stories. You never know who you're going to touch. You know, we we come on this air mm-hmm. to talk about one thing, but I I feel like that that really is going to resonate with some people and mothers knowing that the little ones are watching you, and that's mm-hmm. how they get their confidence and um, are able to pursue and stick it out no matter what the ups and downs are. Never let people count you out. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I love you sharing yeah, that with exactly. us. So, so, so we again, we, we, don't, we never know where these conversations are going to go. But So you, you got that spark. You had the great people around you. But still there was, you know, you had to um, take this all in and utilize this to propel you forward. So take us through. You said you were good in math. And I know for, for some young people, they're a little bit shy of math. Um, you know, it's, it's fortunate when you do early on get the confidence to and find your learning style so that you can mm-hmm. conquer math. But take us through, so after you're, you're getting through high school and you start looking at career options and, and going to college, what were some of the, maybe even the highs and lows of, of college, um, and then once you made that transition into the workforce? Talk to us about those uh, experiences. Okay, yes, most definitely. So my journey through undergraduate was a long <laughs> journey. Um, I did I did six years in undergrad. Um, I started off wanting to do civil engineering because of that whole bi- uh, bridge building, uh, you know, idea that I had. But then once I got to St. Louis University, they said, hey, we don't have civil, we have mechanical. So I looked at the curriculum, and I was like, okay, it's close enough. Um, so I, I pursued um, mechanical engineering at St. Louis University. Um, I ended up um, graduating uh, with a dual minor in theology, of all things, and applied mathematics. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it was it was interesting uh, time. Just uh, theology was more of an interest. I started off dual majoring, but then. It got to the point I was done with all of my engineering, and I was just ready to graduate. I didn't want to spend the extra semester finishing out the theology degree, so I ended up with a minor, a dual minor. Um, but my uh, my journey in undergrad, uh, like I said, it was a long one. Uh, most of the time I worked uh, while I was going to school full-time, um, maybe like 20, 30 hours max. Um, while going to school, so it, it was a bit challenging um, in the sense of, you know, balancing, you know, hey, I need to have enough money for books and just, you know, general living, um, and then, you know, making sure that my grades were up so that way I can keep, you know, some of the scholarships that I had, so it was always um, a, a juggle, uh, you know, for me um, in school, and then, um uh, there were a couple of times where I wasn't, like, I'd apply for some scholarships and I, I didn't get them because I didn't have a 3.5 GPA um, at the time. Uh, and 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 that was one of the things that kind of uh, frustrated uh, frustrated me a lot. And one thing I want, well, one of the things I want to do in the future is establish a scholarship for 
people in STEM who are working uh, because I know how hard it is, and it's un- and it's a bit unfair to um, when you're looking at the uh, you know two students, one student is working you know almost full time or you know part time studying uh, you know engineering or whatever, and then you have someone that you know has a high GPA but they don't they don't work, you know, all they do is go to school. Um, I don't feel that that's a fair comparison. So, um, you know, one day, hopefully within the next 10 years, I want to be able to establish um, a scholarship uh, of that kind, Um, just, you know, based on my experiences uh, going through school. Um, But but with all of that being said, um, going through undergrad, um, it was tough. Uh, There were some classes I had to take over. Um, there were some classes I actually failed, um, uh, such as uh, pre-calculus, although I was really good at math. There was just a lot of things going on in my personal life at the time um, where I, I failed that class, and then I took it again the next semester, barely studying, but then I got a B plus, which was kind of puzzling to me. Um, oh, <laughs> and even, oh. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And even um, during that semester um, where I failed this, pre-calculus class. I also got a D in, I think, engineering physics and something else, and then I was put on academic probation. And um, and this was that fall semester of 2005, I want to say, and and in 2006, January 2006, uh, the school had to set up so that way if you're on academic probation, uh, you, uh, you're, you meet with a counselor and you come up with a plan to, you know, get back on track, so to speak. So when I went to the counselor, um, he looked at my grades the previous semester, and I was on the dean's list. So he was confused. He said, I've never seen this before. (laughs) Right. He said, it looks like you just had a rough semester, Uh, you know, you know, you know, take advantage of these resources, um, you know, which was tutoring and other things of that nature. And he said, you know, you'll you'll be fine. I, I'm not going to worry about you at all. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much, you know, what it was. You know, I just had a really bad semester, tough semester, and um, I never quite made dean's list again. But my GPA wasn't low enough where it put me back on academic probation. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I, I, I love and I, I just want to acknowledge and applaud, you know, you sharing the the highs and lows because some people will lay, let the lows just take them out of the game altogether. And no one mm-hmm. has, uh, you know, some people might lead you to believe that they have a perfect path or you sometimes people just infer that. They see people um, at the top or with big titles and think that they never had a worry or problem in their life. But it builds character, too. And and, and something that we even say to young people, which you did, was ask for help. Just just don't, you know, just take it as fatal in the end and you weren't meant to be there. Um, Just go and ask for help. And, you know, that even the guidance counselor, like you said, said, hey, it just looks like a bad semester. Get back in there. (laughs) And here you are. Exactly. So, so yeah, like I said, you know, I, I never was on academic probation again. Uh, my GPA, my CUM GPA was, um, it was crazy. Um, you know, when a lot of students, you know, notice this, that, you know, in your first, you know, few years, those are critical because 
If you have a bad semester, it's really hard to make up that GPA. And that's kind of where I was. So I never, um, my HUME GPA never got above a 3.0. I think when I graduated, it was a 2.998 or something. Um, <laughs> and I remember asking, like, hey, can you round that up? They was like, no, we don't do that. So. <laughs> Understandable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I thought that, um, you know, having, you know, that, that GPA um, would, you know, hinder me from getting into graduate school, um, but, but it didn't, uh, not at all. Uh, I ended up going to one of the top uh, graduate schools in the world, uh, Johns Hopkins University, um, and studied technical management. So um, I like to tell people the story because, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, if you get a, get a C or get, you know, an F or something like that, that it's the end of the world. And in reality, it's not. It's just one, you know, factor that makes up, you know, you. It, it doesn't define you. It's just a small, you know, blip, you know, in your, in your past. Um, and, and that doesn't uh, mean that, you know, your future is going to be doomed uh, because of that one event. Exactly, exactly. And and so you now did you go straight from undergrad right into to graduate school and and maybe what was some of your your decisions for doing that um and and did you have any internships um and and how did you eventually get introduced to your first opportunity? Oh wow, yeah. Okay, so so let's back up a bit. Uh when I was in undergrad, um my first uh, year um, in school, um, I knew that I wanted an internship just because, I mean, I, I talked to some friends and things of that nature, and they were, like, you know, flipping burgers and stuff like that, and I didn't want that, you know, for myself. Um, so I I got uh, introduced um, to En-ROAD. Um They had an event um, in St. Louis, and I went to the event, started asking a ton of questions, and basically they told me, you know what, we really want – our interns to have at least one year of uh, undergrad under their belt. So, you know, call us in the fall. <laughs> and so uh, I, I, I remember this. It was the fall of 2004. Um, it was my first semester, uh, full-time semester in undergrad, or 2003, sorry, um, first semester, and I, I called in Rose. I was like, hey, I'm in college. You know, by the time summer rolls around, I'll have a year um, so what can I do? So they're like, okay, you can go through our, uh, it was a training program that they had. And then from that training program, um, you, you had the opportunity to develop uh, as a leader. So there was leadership development, career development, and that. And then also you got the opportunity to do mock interviews with hiring managers at different companies. Um, so, uh, so it was just a really cool program uh, at the time. And, um, after going through this training, I want to say about March or so, I got matched up with the Boeing Company and Anheuser-Busch in St. Louis. So um, I interviewed with Boeing. Uh, they extended me an offer, and I accepted it. So that's how I got into aerospace. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Was there initially early on in your career, you know, going from school, now you're you're into your 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 first corporate job, so to speak. Was there any corporate shock, you know, corporate culture kind of shocked for you? Uh, was it an easy transition? 
Um, for me, that there is a little bit of shock. Um, just you know, noticing the lack of um, diversity um, as far as you know, gender-wise and uh, racially. Um, that that was a shock for me. Um, and and the, and and the transition for me. I mean, it wasn't a tough one. I mean, I'm the type of person where I get along with uh, most people, and uh, I'm very inquisitive. So. Uh, for me, the best way to get to know someone is just to ask questions um, and just show uh, interest. And I felt that by having that demeanor, um, it made my uh, my teammates that I had in that internship in the summer of 2004, um, you know, more open uh, to helping me and things of that nature. And it, it was it was kind of uh, interesting that. Uh, fast forward to about nine or ten years later, I ended up getting a full-time offer with that same department um, because they remembered me in the internship. So, so, uh, so, I always tell people who are early career, you know, still in college, looking for internships, whatever, you know, just be open to possibilities. Uh, ask questions. If you don't know, ask. Don't pretend like you know everything because. At that level, being the intern, everybody around you know that you don't know everything. Um, <laughs> so if you don't ask questions, they'll just assume. And the last thing you want to do is, is sit there idle or sit there quiet and then say if there's a deadline that pops up, you're struggling or you don't meet the deadline because you didn't ask questions. It just doesn't look good um, for you, especially if you're trying to impress that company and get a full-time offer after you graduate. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, to to your point, and I, I've heard this in some discussions that I recently had, that um, they're finding that young engineers, engineering students actually, part of having a hard time um, asking for help is that in some cases they did really well in high school and always were, like you said, um, labeled good in math or good in mm-hmm. science. And so they're used to mm-hmm. excelling. So the first time they really get something really is like a gut punch that they just it doesn't come to them, um, they, you know, it really takes them back. And so it really is a very real Area something that that you mentioned earlier though organizations like Nesby are recognizing that type of thing and that's why they are kind of there as a support group and an extended engineering family that for people who have gone mm-hmm. through that and uh, you know to to fill in their their footsteps but you know as as I as I say that I also want to transition that you became a manager. Um, and and let's talk about that. Your career really, you know, you you had some secret ingredient that you're going to share with us. Tell us about how your your um, career really just took off. What was that big turning point? Wow, um, I would I would say you know some of the key factors in that was you know just first off determination. Like I mentioned before, I'm kind of a stubborn person, and once I make my mind up about something, I go full steam ahead to pursue whatever it is, um, despite obstacles. And it's not um, another big key factor, and that was uh, networking. Um, so uh, currently I'm at, uh, like I said, I'm at North of Bremen. Um, it's an excellent company. Um, I I'd actually left uh, Boeing in 2015 from St. Louis um, and moved out to California. It was it was more so because 
the offer at Northrop Grumman was a promotion. It was going from a level two engineer to a level three engineer at Northrop. So I was like, okay, you know, it's a promotion. Um, it's a California. Um, let me, you know, go and check it out. And uh, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, hopefully I could, you know, tap into my network back at Boeing and come back. Um, so I kind of had a <laughs> contingency plan, um, you know, laid out in my uh, – you know, in my head, you know, if things didn't work out. So coming into uh, North Surf out here in California, I had no contacts. The only people I knew were um, the, the two people that hired me. <laughs> and so, um, so when I started uh, with the company, I had to wait for a clearance. Um, and people in defense know that the clearance process can be painful. Um, mm-hmm. It takes forever. They get all of your business, like checking your credit report, your, you know, who you talk to, like, it, it's intense, but with good reason. I, I completely understand the reasoning behind it, but it's just a long process. So um, <laughs> waited for clearance, um, and that, um, and it took six months for me to get clearance to the program I'm currently on. So during that six months, I didn't just sit idle. I spent my time networking, going to events um, at work, uh, going to off-site events uh, with people at work, and just, you know, getting to know uh, a bunch of different people, a bunch of different departments. Um, I I like to interview, like, department managers if it's an area I'm interested in and, you know, just have a list of questions ready. Um, and what I found is that a lot of people are open to sharing, you know, what their department's about. Um, so the, I think the hurdle that a lot of people have is just, you know, getting over that initial hurdle of reaching out. So um, after doing a bunch of them, um, I I got really confident at them um, and just started talking to different departments. So so once I got uh, my clearance, um, that process did not stop. Um, I was in the job uh, that I was hired for. I I quickly saw that it wasn't going to be a good fit. Um, So so there was a moment of panic there uh, because I pretty much uprooted my life, you know, from the Midwest and moved to the West Coast and, you know, just, well, temporarily, but I moved and it was just like, okay, well, what do I do? Because this doesn't seem like it's, you know, it's what I thought it was. So just continue to network. And then um, I went to a Nesby conference uh, that year and I actually uh, met, uh, a vice president uh, within Northrop because Northrop, of course, like other big companies, have their own like private events. So I went to this event, met a VP, a couple of VPs actually, and then I just kept in contact uh, with them just uh, after the conference. So fast forward to 2016, um, March of 2016. Um, I at this point I send out sent out over 100 different applications, uh, internal to Northrop and external, um, just trying to look for something new, uh, basically in management, because before I left uh, Boeing, I was in this amazing leadership program that they had, and basically you got the opportunity to travel to different sites, you got to meet different people uh, inside of the company, and even uh, internationally. So from that, I've learned a lot. Um, I made a bunch of contacts. And uh, and I was on the management track there. So at Northrop, I wanted to continue on the management track. So once again, fast forwarding to about March 2016, um, the VP that I met the year prior introduced me to a VP, uh, the VP of my current organization, uh, which is Quality, uh, and the Quality Engineering Organization. 
So um, I, about a month or so later, I had an interview for that department uh, here in California. I interviewed, and um, I later found out that that VP talked to the director at my uh, site and talked me up. And he was saying, hey, you know, just go through the process. You know, I'm not, you know, don't don't feel obligated, you know, to hire her or anything. Just you know, go through the process and just check her out. So uh, so at the time, I didn't, I did not get the job. Um, but three months later, I ended up interviewing again for that department and ended up getting uh, a manager or a management position, uh, uh, level two. So it was kind of cool because in this sense, I got to skip a management level. So I'm a mid-level mm. manager uh, where I run, like I said, this department, uh, a subset of a larger organization. But I run this department. It's a large team. It's it's a lot of work at times, I will say that. Uh, but And sometimes the learning curve can be steep. But once again, just asking questions and, uh, you know, pretty much picking people's brain um, around there, that has helped me to uh, be successful in this role. I've been in the role since uh, September of 2016 um, and still going strong. So. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. You know, you just never know what you're capable of until you, you know, push to, to, your, to your limits. And uh, then yeah. every, each time you have that breakthrough and say, hey, if I could do that. And I, I just love your just go get them, you know. Uh, like you said, full steam ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I don't know what it is. People always ask me, what is it about, you know, you where you just, you know, persist? I, I was like, honestly, I don't know where it comes from. It's just in me, and I just do it. You know, I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the the other beautiful thing about your experience and your journey is that you at every step are looking and, and have and and will continue to find ways to help other people. Um, you know, yeah. you're not kind of just taking on, well, I'm special, you know, good luck, you know, you're on your own. It's more <laughs> of, hey, I've made it. Here's, you know, some uh examples that for you to try and to follow to make your way, um, you know, through this and, and maybe not have to go through some of the, in, you know, initial discovery, but, you know, leverage what you've already learned. And, and some of it's through your wonderful new career planning workbook for ambitious leaders. So talk to yes. us about how, that journey and, and creating that and what, what, what all is in that. Yeah, so – so basically, um, I created this uh, workbook just based off my own experience. Um, in the workbook, you'll find the same questions that I asked myself. And uh, by asking myself these questions, I was able to gain uh, clarity in my career path. And it essentially helped me land the position that I have today. Um, and and in, and that development of that workbook actually came uh, after I got promoted. Um, I kind of sat back and was like, okay, well, you know, I'm starting this blog and I want to create something that's going to help other people. You know, what can I create? And the workbook um, 
uh, the career development workbook was one of the first things I thought of. So I sat down and actually took me um, about six or so weeks, you know, to to write down all of the questions that I asked myself throughout the journey, um, even before I sent out my first resume. Um, and there, there's one question in there that I absolutely love. Um, one of the VPs um, that mentored me at Boeing, uh, he, he asked me this question. He said, you know, when you're getting ready to retire and they're bringing in the cake and the balloons uh, and everything, you know, what job do you want to have? So I, I asked myself that question um, when I started uh, this whole search for, you know, a management position. Um, and, and for me, that that answer uh, to be, you know, VP or president of, you know, some, you know, large company, um, I don't I don't know, you know, where or what in. Uh, hopefully, you know, Northrop Grumman, uh, you know, because it's an amazing company and and there's so much growth right now. Uh, we're hiring like crazy. Uh, so so if anybody's looking for a job, NorthropGrumman.com. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> yet, but anyway, yet another gift. <laughs> Keeps on giving, right? Yes, yes, most definitely. Yeah, they're hiring like crazy. It's a great time for the company. So um, when I was developing this book, like I said, I just went through all of the questions that I asked myself uh, when I was looking for a job, and it helped me gain clarity and it helped me kind of map out a uh, career plan for myself. Um, I don't like to map out my career too far um, ahead. So, um, so the Workbook focuses on the next uh, 24 to 36 months. Um, so my belief is, you know, when you take small steps, you know, to towards a larger goal, um, just taking that small step, uh, you know, you'll you'll have wins, you'll see successes, and then that'll give you uh, the encouragement. Uh, to move forward, and and once you start taking steps, uh, and it's been my experience that things just tend to fall into place. Uh, sometimes I get opportunities that I didn't even, uh, you know, ask for, or things that I wasn't that I wasn't seeking. Um, for instance, just this actually just a couple of days ago, um, I was leaving my building and I ran into a manager that um, on another program. Uh, he was visiting my building or my area for one reason or another. I can't remember, but um, I, I in that six month period where I I was networking and meeting new people within Northrop, I met this uh, manager and I was interested in coming to his organization. And um, some things that happened, and uh, I had uh, I ended up getting this promotion. And he told me about another manager, a department manager who had met me uh, earlier in September or at the end of September and had, you know, liked my style and, you know, was really impressed with my background. And, you know, they were uh, talking about extending me an offer uh, to go to their department, but I just accepted an offer in another department. And the company's rule is that you can't jump to a new job if you haven't been in your new job for six months. So, and and this was crazy because I didn't even know about, you know, I didn't even know that they were interested in me. I just thought I was just having a general conversation, you know, with two people, but <laughs> they were looking at, you know, trying to steal me away from my current organization. So I just laughed. I was like, wow, you know what? Thank you, you know, for for that. I did 
didn't even know that you all were were looking to to bring me on. But um, but uh, fortunately for me, I'm really happy with uh, where I'm at. Uh, my managers, I have two uh, a functional and a program. They're both amazing. Um, and I, I literally like love them. Like it's it's crazy to use the L word when you're talking about this, <laughs> but uh, but I do like they're they're great. Um, so so yeah. So to so I have no intentions on joining that other organization, but it's great to be considered. <laughs> I, I know it's like you. I mean, you're a rock star. You know, people are fighting over you, and that that's you know it, it's it's great to hear people say. You know, like I said, use the L word when they're talking about their career. You know, you're <laughs> passionate about it. And, you know, people are picking up off of your energy, and you're paving the way. <laughs> it may, Some of them may have never experienced a black female engineer to this magnitude, and here you are uh, a trailblazer. And I think that that is awesome. And I, I, I love just even your whole mantra about thriving and and winning. Um, Talk about your your website. Talk about how people get in contact with you. Talk about some of even your other media exposure. I mean, you you really are, (laughs) you know, um, putting it out there for other young ladies to look and see that someone can love what they do, and it could be engineering. Engineering is one of those areas that women can thrive in. So talk about that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So um, once I got, well, taking it back a couple years ago, um, I've always wanted to create, you know, something where, uh, you know, I could help people uh, excel in their careers. Um, I just, for one reason or another, I never really uh, pursued it. It was just something that was kind of in the back of my mind. Um, And last year um, I decided to, um, take the leap and just, you know, create my website, thrivingambition.com. And I was kind of torn between, okay, do I want to focus on STEM careers or do I want to focus on people going into management? Because I feel that, you know, those two areas, um, they need to be talked about. So I kind of uh, settled on uh, STEM careers just because it's something that I know a lot about and I know, um, you know, a lot of people are talking about it, and, it's, and it needs to be talked about. So uh, when I created my website, I focused more on uh, leadership development and career development for people in STEM, uh, specifically engineers, but mainly people in STEM. And I, I created it because I wanted to help people become uh, world-class leaders, you know, for, you know, the, the organizations that they represent or if they're looking for something new. I want them to have the skills in order to attract, um, you know, these top companies um, so that way, you know, they could, you know, have people seek them out instead of the other way around. We think that if we apply uh, to a company, uh, you know, that, that we're going to get seen and it's not always the case, Um People call it the resume black hole, you know, when you apply to something online. Um, And a majority of people, you know, who get these top opportunities is, you know, through networking. So so I wanted to provide this uh, pretty much this online resource for people to have the information uh, so that way they can get promoted. Um, And then, too, there's a misconception, I believe, that engineers don't know how to communicate. (laughs) So I wanted to also shatter uh, that myth um, as well because, obviously, you know, we're having a great conversation uh, here today. And, you know, and I – 
spoken to, you know, schools and companies and at conferences, and my communication skills are great. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so I, I want to, you know, be able to help other people develop their communication skills. Um, and, that's, and that's hard to do, you know, writing a blog post. So that's why I also work uh, with clients uh, through private uh, career consulting. Um, and that's usually just uh, video, um, and sometimes it's in person, but it's mostly just video. But but anyway, um, I started Thriving Ambition so that way people could, you know, have this uh, resource and that way they could, you know, get promoted and know that, you know, there are women, you know, in STEM, you know, who, who are thriving. There are mi- minorities in STEM who are thriving, and you, you know, could be one of those people as well. You don't necessarily have to be a person of color or a woman, but, you know, just know that, you know, when you have, you know, this STEM uh, degree, this education, that the sky is is not the limit. You can go beyond that. Um, And it's just basically up to you and your ambition um, that determines how far you go. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and I know because we we work with a lot of young people, those early in their careers, and, you know, this is something they should be handing out after people get their diploma (laughs) because I think some people think that you get the degree and then the the jobs just will come to them, and they don't realize that (laughs) it's, it's also a process in itself and that you've got to get ahead of the game. I, I like the way... You know, the key points on your website, thrivingambitions.com, it talks about stop guessing, you know, um, don't hope something that will stick, you know, just throwing stuff out there, um, and, you know, get ahead of the game. Yes, most most definitely, and I'm all about uh, getting getting ahead of the game um, and, you know, thinking about my uh, you know, what I want for my life and my uh, career in the next, you know, two to three years. And, and like I said, that workbook, uh, it's not something that you just use one time. It's something that you use, you know, at different stages. So so right now um, in my career, um, I didn't realize it until a couple months after being in my job, but I'm at least five to seven years ahead of where I thought I would be. Um, that's awesome. that, yeah, that is amazing. It's scary at the, at the same time, but it's, it's amazing. And it's like, okay, well, what do I want? Um, and I'm looking at all of these organizational changes that's happening. Um, there are a bunch of organizational changes that were communicated yesterday uh, at my company, and they were all for the good. People are moving up, and, of course, they need people to fill those slots, you know, as people move up, and then also people are moving out as far as retirement as well. So it's it's like, you know, I always have to be, you know, uh, not necessarily reinventing myself, but, you know, improving uh, myself to some uh, capacity. Um, And I tell people that doesn't always mean you have to get another degree or a certification. Uh, It could be, you know, something um, as simple as, you know, joining Toastmasters or, you know, working with, uh, you know, uh, some sort of coach or consultant. Uh, If you want to gain new skills, I always believe in, working with the people who are in the place you want to be. That's how you accelerate your learning. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we we talk about, and I think that this is the culture of STEM, is that continuous learning, uh, lifelong learning, and Mm -hmm. keeping yourself marketable because it it just Mm -hmm. changes. And so that's the, the new, you know, 
era that we live in and, and work in, and, and you want to stay on the top of your game. So I, I, I like uh, what you just said and, and agree. And, and, and young people need to understand, because a lot of times, again, they get that degree and they're like, okay, well, I can just kick back and, you know, live off the fat <laughs> of this degree. No. <laughs> and, and, you know, even, like you said, it's just even staying networked. And, you know, staying on top of the jargon, the buzzwords, what's next, reading articles. Um, so like you mm-hmm. said, because I do see some people get into the certification or degree, you know, overload. It's like, I'll get another mm-hmm. and another. And it's like, um, mm-hmm. but people also are looking for that practical experience, too. So exactly. it's, it's a nice balance there. Well, you know, we are so lucky to have this conversation with you. And, and I mean, time flies when you're <laughs> having, you know, when you're talking about so many interesting things. And I, Again, I'm so excited that you do a little uh, searching. You found us, um, liked what you heard, and sent an uh, email. And we, or I think first we started through Twitter and then we we got uh, connected, and here we are. So you know, <laughs> technology is a beautiful thing. You know, it's it's this is the platform. It's uh, allowing us to have this global village and to expand and have networks. And and I, I'm going to say you're invited anytime you're in Atlanta. Let me know since you you got that travel bug. Um, uh, I know a lot of people like to stop through Atlanta, so <laughs> let yeah, us know. I was there. We would. Ago. <laughs> I, I, I figured, yeah, this is a, yeah, this is usually one of the stops on the, uh, <laughs> as you make it across okay. the map. So, um, but okay. let us let us know. Thank we'll you. do a live show, and I want to even put it out there that we'd love to do a call-in show and uh, have some people, you know, get the uh, workbook. You can go on the website. I'm I'm looking at it right here at thrivingambitious.com/slash/win and Yes, you can uh, get a free copy of the workbook. So just click and download and connect. And then we can all have a conversation and go through uh, the the workbook and hear about how people are are using it and write from the person who wrote it. So I would love to to set that up and put that challenge out to our audience. Yeah, that's yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I've already received uh, you know some good feedback uh, from people who've downloaded it, um, and you know pretty much telling me how much it has helped them. So yeah, actually the the website uh, thrivingambition.com/win. Um, I was trying to find a, a word you know that describes you know uh, my career or my attitude and winning you know was it so. That, that's why it's slash win. I was going to do slash success, but I'm like, okay, that's good too, but I want something different, win. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you picked you picked a perfect one. I, I like everything uh, that you've said and seen. And, and let them know how they can connect with you uh, via social media because, again, that was how we uh, even connected. What are some of your social media handles? Oh, yeah, Definitely. So uh, if you want to um, get in touch with me, of course, you can go to thrivingambition.com. And at the top and on the side, uh, there are some uh, social media um, sites. So uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, And if you search for Lakeisha Tomlin, that's L-A-K-I-E-S-H-A-T-O-M-L-I-N, you can find me or you can search for 
Thriving Ambition uh, on Facebook, and then I'm also on Twitter at Thrive Ambition. Um, you could also find me on LinkedIn um, at linkedin.com slash in slash Lakeisha Tomlin um, and connect with me there. So those are the, the three places that I spend the most time on social media. Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Continued success to you. We we look forward to crossing your paths. If I get out your way, I will definitely <laughs> be looking you yes. up. And uh, our, our microphone is open to you anytime. But we definitely want to circle back, and we'll we're going to look at uh, looking at setting a date for that whole meetup around uh, your workbook. And uh, I think yes. that'd be great. Um, but as yes. soon as I get off, I'm going to be forwarding the link to several people that I can think of. Um, any, any final words that you'd like to share with our, our audience? Um, yes, definitely. Um, to everybody listening, um, I just want to say, you know, if there's a goal or something that you want to do, just find out, you know, what is the smallest thing you could do uh, to pursue that goal. So, for example, or for example rather, if you want to, say, um, you know, move up uh, in your career, um, you could, you know, start searching um, the web. Uh, you could contact me. Um, you could, uh, you know, just make a small um small step towards your goal, and once you start, you'll gain momentum, and you'll be there before you know it. Well, awesome. Well said, and again, we appreciate it. So to all of our Technology Expresso listeners, thank you again, uh, and I know that you got a wealth of information. Make sure and share it. Let others hear what Lakeisha Tomlin has shared with us today. Um, Just words of inspiration, absolutely. So with that, we thank you. And until next time, remember to listen, learn, leverage, and launch. Bye for now. You have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our broadcast archives, social media handles, contact information, and upcoming shows, visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com, .net, and .org. Call our event hotline, 855-484-6837, for a list of STEM-related events in various states across the country. That's 855-484-6837. Your feedback is important to us. Send us an email through our website or directly to technologyexpresso at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to listen, learn, leverage, launch.